Edwards stalled to the right. Hunter on the move, racing back. It's over his head. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. This is Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio. I think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it. Because I think it would, it, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will. I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone. So don't just be like, hey, we, we signed this player, so we're going to have a ceremony. Like, no, no. Like Now, to your hosts. All right, Red Sox beat CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage of your Boston Red Sox on Twitter at Red Sox underscore beat. Facebook is Red Sox beat podcast. Of course, CLNS Media is at CLNS Media. Facebook starts the same thing. Of course, our iOS and Android podcast app is up there as well to listen to all the network shows, not just us here uh, across the network. Keep an eye on clnsmedia.com. We'll be announcing this website launch very soon, uh, was what we've been told. So keep an eye out for that as well. And, of course, shout to uh, Harry's Razors for sponsoring the show this week. Go to harrys.com backslash Red Sox, and you can uh, try Harry's for free. So check that out as well. Um, big week. You know, Red Sox have made the news. We've talked to our managers. The last couple weeks, it's been me and Lauren. Uh, but it's the return of the Jester, Jestman, just, just uh, back from his honeymoon, uh, fresh, ready to go. What's going on, my friend? Yeah, I've had a week of work, but I, I'm still fresh for the show. I'm sitting there earlier. I'm like, I feel like I haven't done a show in like four months. <laughs> but I'm back. I'm oh, back and I'm ready. A lot has happened since you got married. Oh, my God. Life. Has it ever? My so, God. Jess is married. That's a thing. He's got a ring on. It's weird. Um, but, you know, we're going to continue. You know, the World Series is going on right now, which is crazy. The matchup is phenomenal. Uh, it's Dodgers, Astros. We'll get to that. Game one's in the books as we're recording, so we'll talk about that. Um, but first, we have to go back because something big happened in the Red Sox world, as we all know. John Farrell has been fired. Alex Cora is the new manager. The Red Sox officially have announced it since our last show as well, so we'll get to that. But first, we all know Jess is a big John Farrell guy, and Lauren shared her opinion. I shared mine last week, so let's just get his take, see what he thinks. Jess, John Farrell no longer the manager of your Boston Red Sox. So how are you feeling about it? Well, I wouldn't call me a big John Farrell fan. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't pull back. Don't no, pull no, back. No, 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 no. You no, were all no. over him like, no, no, like no. a fat kid on cake. No, no, no. <laughs> like, you were the biggest supporter of him. Both of you were. So don't pull back. But honest opinion. No. John Farrell being gone. No, honestly. I, I was a supporter of him more than most people, but I wasn't like, he's the best manager in the face of the earth, because he's not. I just said people were too hard on him, which they were. But, I mean, so... It's interesting for me because, you know, it happened when I was gone. Uh, it happened, like, the second day of my honeymoon. So, like, it was pretty early on. So I got to enjoy and not worry about that after it happened. But it was interesting, like, coming back and then hearing people's takes on it. Like, going back and listening to the shows and the news feed and stuff. And listening to your guys' thoughts on one show about how whether you think he's going to be here or not. And then the next show, knowing that he's not here and your thoughts on that. So it was, it was really fascinating for me to kind of, like, go back in time and hear everybody's thoughts on it. Um, cause I hadn't really thought about my opinion on it because I just was like soaking in everybody else's opinion at the time. And boy, everyone was excited. That's for sure. If you, if you looked at Twitter, <laughs> we had, had Wi Fi in our, uh, our place and I ch- checked out some people's thoughts after it happened just to see what people were thinking. And they were excited. Uh, in, in terms of me, um, it's interesting. It's interesting that he stayed after two last place finishes and then went after two 
AL East titles and first round exits. You think it would be the other way around, but you know, as it was, it's like you get that far, but you're expected to go further and you lose earlier than people think you will. So I guess that's kind of the basis of like, you're good, but not good enough. So, um, I think it proved that he wasn't Dombrowski's guy. He didn't think he was Dombrowski's guy. Most people didn't think he was Dombrowski's guy. And this obviously proved he wasn't because if he was, he would have kept him after winning the AL East. So um, I think it's a good move because there's so much negativity and toxicity around this guy in this place over the last several years, you know, more in the last two years than in the last five years. But it's just, you know, he's not a popular guy. He can't win no matter what he does. And, you know, as much as you want to, as a player and as a coach or manager, you want to block that stuff out, obviously, you're still going to hear it. People are still talking about it. It's endless in Boston. And I think it probably got to him. I think Dombrowski's like, well, he's not my guy anyway, and he's probably sick of being here in the first place. Now I have a good excuse of going 1-6 and six in the last two years in the ALDS to get rid of and move on to somebody else. So I think it was kind of inevitable. I'm not surprised it happened. Uh, I guess it probably wouldn't have happened if they beat the Astros, but and they came close to getting to Game 5, so that could have been a whole different story. But as it was, I think they needed to make a change, and you need to, you need to make a lot more than this. But this is a start, I guess, and time for a culture change because it was a pretty weird year. Yeah, so fast forward. John Farrell's gone. Alex Cora was rumored a bunch of times. You know, all the reports, all the articles were 99% sure Alex Cora is going to be the next manager. And then Gardenhire goes, and now this week the Red Sox officially announced after the ALCS what they said they were going to do. Uh, their next manager is Alex Cora. Um, he said via email um, to a, who was I don't remember the reporter who he talked to, um, but he said you know he's excited to come back to Boston. He's very excited to kind of have that challenge and, and come back to the city where he won a World Series. Obviously, looking forward to this World Series going with the Houston Astros as their bench coach. I know Lauren and I talked about this last week. I love the hiring. I think it's a good for out of everyone that's out there. Obviously, he might not be the best manager because he's a new manager, but out of everyone that's available, it's kind of a no-brainer for why the Red Sox wanted him. Uh, young guy is, knows what it takes to win here. Not afraid, you know, to help culture. And anybody you talk to or you read about talking about Alex Cora in that Astros dugout, praise him for what he does um, about you know getting to know everybody in that clubhouse. You know, walking around and talking to all the players, seeing how they're doing. That's important as a manager, especially as a first year manager. So we'll talk about intriguing ways of what you do to, around him. You know, in terms of his staff, there's a bunch of options. It looks like they're going to kind of clean house for the most part um, and kind of give him his options. But just just Alex Cora real quick, uh, like I said, because we gave our takes on him. As a first-year manager, Alex Cora, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, Dave Roberts did it. He's at the World Series now. Like, you know, can Alex Cora repeat that success as a former Red Sox hero? Or I guess really Alex Cora wasn't a hero here. But, you know, can he repeat that Dave Roberts success and be a successful first-year manager? Yes. Absolutely. I think it's great. I think he's a really good dude. He's really, he clearly, you know, if you read anything about him, he, he gets along with people really well. He's a very good communicator, which is what you need in Boston. I think playing here is very important because he already knows what it's like, even though it was, you know, 12, 9 to 12 years ago. But, you know, he won a World Series here. He played with Pedroia, and I think, you know, obviously it didn't seem like Pedroia was the biggest John Farrell fan. And,. He, you know, he already knows Cora, so he's going to get along with him. They had a good relationship when they played. Actually, Cora kind of stepped aside for Pedroia because they played the same position for the yep. most part. So I think they're going to have a great relationship, and Pedroia's going to respect him as a manager, no doubt. I have no question about that, which is awesome for the team. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard. It's a difficult job, but 
if you're a good communicator, you're a bit, we were one step further because you saw John Farrell wasn't the greatest at that. <laughs> People were all over his ass constantly for it because he wouldn't say anything, the company line, blah, 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 most boring interview in the face of the earth. And I don't think Cora's going to be like that. And people want communication. And he seems to be pretty good at that. So, And obviously he doesn't have a ton of coaching experience, but being a bench coach is a good jumping off point to manager. Just ask Toro Lovello. So, and he's in the World Series right now. So, I mean, it's I think it's all good. It made the most sense. I'm happy for it. Yep, and, and I think you know, I, I think with what the Red Sox are trying to do, it's a it's a win them mentality. But you need someone that can be here long term as well. And if he does be successful with this, and he can come in, into Boston where he was good as a player, won a World Series, all that kind of stuff, and be that kind of manager, he's young. He's what forty seven. Like he he can be here for a while. And I think that's what their goal is here. It's to, you know, have that relationship with the older guys, keep them in line, keep Hanley engaged if he can do that, and still have a way with the younger players like he did in Houston. Because you talked, you, you read about what that relationship's been in Houston with like with Springer and, and, and Altuve and all these guys who are younger, who the Astros brought up. They love him. They love the guy. He has that relationship. He can build that relationship. Now the question for me is, and this is where we can kind of all jump in here and really kind of go back and forth, is what do you do around him? It's the, who's your bench coach? Who's your pitching coach? I know Hickey was just fired. I think it's Jim Hickey, right, from from the um, from the Rays, was just let go there. Uh, he's popular. Uh, I know he's linked to the Cubs potentially because he was with Madden, all that kind of stuff. That's a guy that could be really good for this staff and the Red Sox as well. Who do you put as the bench coach? I know a lot of people talk about Veritech. I wouldn't be opposed to that. But do they go young around him? Do they go old around him? How do they strategically look to help Alex Cora out with his staff? Because obviously he's going to have a say in it. But, you know, there's going to be some input from Dombrowski and who they put around him. Your bench coach should be David Ortiz. Oh, stop. Absolutely. Stop. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> I had to bring it up. I, I mean, it's, it's been great seeing him on the broadcast lately. Hey, that but... would help Hanley. It would, but I think Cora is going to do. I think Cora is going to do great with Hanley, especially the young players too. But surrounding him, I think is a huge question. You know, I know Davis has been linked to leaving as well. It kind of, like you said, Jared, it kind of does sound like they're going to clear house and kind of start fresh here. And it's it's not something I've really given too much thought to because I feel like it's just. I mean, we've always been solid, no matter who steps into that kind of position. I mean, I, I would love Veritech as a bench coach. I don't think he would want anything really more than that because I'm pretty sure he's come out instead. You know, he, does, he doesn't want to be a, a manager, which is why yeah. they didn't even kind of bring him up in the conversation to be the Red Sox manager. But I think he would be great. Yeah, he's obviously great with the players. He knows what he's talking about. And I think he's also a really good veteran voice that this team was missing last year. And obviously Cora brings that. And I think kind of building off what Jess said, you know, the, Pedroia, him and Pedroia get along. They get along really well. So maybe Pajori can kind of step up and somebody as Cora is someone he respects and obviously gets along with. Maybe he can really step up and be the leader this team needs. So as you know, Cora is a great building block. Like you can really just build around him because he's just, you know, he's such a good person. He's such a, he's a good person to have on your staff. He's a good person to have on your bench. And we've seen that with the Astros this year. So really, I, I really feel like anyone they put into these positions, whether they keep the same people or whether they bring in new people, it's going to be okay because Cora's just going to be like, welcome. Like, this is what you, this is how you're going to help us. This is what we're going to do. Yeah, I think it's going to work out no matter what. He's actually only 42, Jared. He's pretty oh, young. Wow. He's not that much, yeah, he's oh, not that much wow. older than some of the players. So, yeah. Um, yeah, in terms of the staff, I'm not sure. I haven't thought about it a whole lot either. 
Um, I think it might be a good idea to go a little bit older around him, though, just because he is so young. You know, get some experience. I know Jim Hickey's not really that old, but he's been a pitching coach for quite a while, and he was under Joe Madden for a lot of years with Tampa He's worked Bay with and... some studs, too. He's worked with, like, Maddox yeah. and all those guys from he's when he's on the way up. So. Actually... Yeah, so he's a little older. So, And he's... And he's been a coach in the american league and the american league east so yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't be opposed to jim hickey i don't know if he wants to come here or not but that could be a good more veteran guy uh in terms of veritech i mean if he ever does want to be a manager this would be a good first step um for sure he's also younger and hasn't done this so I, between that and Cora not having a whole lot of coaching experience either might not be the best idea in the world but i mean chili davis is still i mean I thought he did a good job. I wouldn't mind if they kept him. I don't know if they will. The whole thing with coaches is so weird to me. It's always, I always just assume everything's going to stay the same, and everyone's like, "All right, time to like find your whole new like staff." And oh I'm yeah. Like, huh? I mean, you yeah. Know, I mean, a lot weird. of managers want their guys, which which was right. They have the right, right to do that. But at the same time, like you're all of a sudden out of nowhere. I mean, people can kind of expect it, but like Carl Willis interviewed with the Twins for their pitching job, pitching coach job. Like, like there's been rumors that Chili Davis is leaving. Like, I mean, That's I didn't weird. think they. I mean, I didn't think they were that great, but like. I mean, unless they really already heard that Alex Cora doesn't want them back. I know. It's always weird to me. It's just like all these guys have been here and, like, they know the system. And then all of a sudden they're all going to be gone and you're going to bring all new guys in. That just kind of seems unnecessary to me. I know I know they're keeping Daniel Evangi. He was the uh, the bullpen coach. But yeah. that's the only one they've actually announced. So I, it's weird to me. I, I never expect the staffs to change. But I know when guys leave, like when Francona left, you know, Brad Mills went with him. Like, you have, like, your guys. But Farrell's not currently managing anywhere at the moment so like if he doesn't manage this upcoming year are all the guys going to jump ship and go find something else to do or are they going to follow him or are they going to stay <laughs> like it, it's weird it's very strange to me yeah and you really don't know what's going to happen and, and this is something that's all going to be answered like after the world series is over uh once they can really you know alex core comes in here does his introductory you know press conference finally gets his red Sox manager office and you know goes to town so we'll kind of have to see in terms of that but there are options there's plenty of things to move on and we know now that the manager is taken care of it's alex core and um like we're all kind of in agreement. i think most people are in the area and media i think is okay with it too because he's a guy that is an up-and-coming manager and i think that knowing boston helps him and helps his case to help come in here and like i said control hanley help the young guys and maintain those relationships to kind of steady the ship that has been, what, one playoff win, two division titles back-to-back. Like, it's been a joke for what they had talent-wise, and I think they want him to be that guy to come in here and do it. So, And as you always hear, utility infielders are, like, the best managers. Like, the guys who aren't that good at baseball, yet they're, like, decent, and they're utility infielders. They always make good managers. Look at Dave Roberts. Yeah, it's so weird. It's like the worse you are at baseball, like, the better you are as a manager. <laughs> God, <laughs> we, we'd all be Hall of Fame managers then. God. It's funny, I, I read an article about Cora on MLB.com, and it says, you know, it, it brings up him being utility infielder, but then it says he brings a well-rounded skill set to the table. He's known for having strong communication skills. Uh, he's known for his intelligence as a player. Um, and it just goes on, just, like, talks about, like, the ex- like the experience he's going to bring. It never talks about, like, that he was this amazing baseball player. It talks about, like, how amazing of a person he is. And I kind of look for that in a manager as opposed to like somebody who used to play like like I said if you're a good baseball player I really don't feel like you'd make the best manager but it's just he just has this thing about him where it just people are drawn to him people respect him and this article just clearly just outlines that perfectly and how he's the perfect fit to be a manager and he's a perfect fit to be the Red Sox manager and he's a he's in a great position to take over this team and 
it's just funny how little it talks about his MLB career, but it goes into just more of like how he is as a person. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's also in his genes too. His older brother Joey Core is also was a utility infielder as well, <laughs> and he's been a, and he's been a coach. You know, he's been like a third base coach for several years. He's been a coach in some capacity for the last uh, fourteen years. So it's in it's in his family too. So he's gonna. I'm sure he's gonna get some tips from his brother as well. Because why wouldn't he? Of course, absolutely. Yeah, utility infielder blood. Oh, it's great. It's what, we, it's what we need here. More Brock Holt managing the... I was saying, so in like 20 years, Brock Holt will be the new manager. Yeah, seriously. He's going to keep rotating. Who knows next? Maybe Devin Marrero becomes a manager at some point, too. Um, all right, football fans. Uh, the way is obviously over. Fantasy football is here, and, and Fantasy Football Daily on FanDuel is for everyday fans. You get new contests starting every week. No busted seasons. Something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from starting at just $1. You pick the contest, you choose your team, and you watch score real time. We're doing FanDuel. It's phenomenal. Um, there is a couple leagues. Obviously, yearly I'm doing well. A couple I'm not. And for those that I'm not doing well, you get a chance to earn some money. And if you go to uh, FanDuel.com backslash Red Sox beat, you can play against us as well in a listener league, which has been fantastic. Guys, not to say I'm doing well against our listeners, but at least it's entertaining to play against our listeners. It's hard. Oh. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to it's win. Hard. <laughs> it's funny because like you draft your team and you're like, hell yeah, my team's so stacked. We do so good. And you check and you're like, how am I not even in like the top yeah. 100? I'm in, I'm in last it's, place. It's what awful. am I doing? Yeah, it's great. I know. But, it's like, there's like 150 people and they're like, oh, 124th out of 150. I'm like, I thought my team was doing good. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. But yep, the, good, it's, good, the good thing about that is the week after, done. Reset. You can go. You can go to a new lineup. You have over two and a half million players um, who have one cash prizes playing on FanDuel. So if you don't win one week, like the three of us clearly haven't, you change it over. You go to a new roster. You add. Make sure Carson Wentz is on your roster as your quarterback, and you'll be doing well. Sign up today if you go to FanDuel.com. You click the Join Now button and use our promo code Red Sox Beat. You get to try FanDuel for free with no deposit required if you visit FanDuel.com. You claim the free contest and play for a share of that $10,000. Just sign up using promo code Red Sox Beat. That's promo code Red Sox Beat at FanDuel.com. Void where prohibited. It's phenomenal. It's obviously working. Um, and I play every week despite not doing well because I have a chance to hit the reset button, which is great. Um, more baseball going on. Obviously, the Fall Classic, the World Series is going on. It was like 103 first pitch in LA I don't, it's not baseball to me um not fall baseball it's really upsetting to me that there's no like cold weather team in the world series like then you go to Houston they'll be inside and there'll be a nice 75 and it's like there's no I want to see guys bundled I want to see Xander Bogarts in like his full mask like that's what I love watching in the like, balls not traveling pitchers jamming guys people's blowing in their hands like that that's what I want to see that's that's fall baseball, but you don't get to get that. Instead, you're going to get Dallas Keuchel warming up, almost sweating out of his shirt. Um, it's not get, right. It's not right. And that game one was phenomenal. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. But guys, first let's talk about a member of the, a member of the Dodgers, a guy who's been hurt for a little bit now, and he's not even there. It's Adrian Gonzalez. If you guys haven't heard the story, um, as as you listen to the show here. He has been out for a while now, and the Dodgers, you know, said, if you don't want to be there, you don't have to. So maybe you, may, you give him an out there, but he took it. He, this dude's on a European vacation instead of being with his team at the World Series. He's going to get a ring if they win. Like, it's not like he's just not going to get a ring. So why wouldn't you be there? Like, he always praised, like, my team, what a team win. He tweets after every win, blah, blah, blah. Why are you in Europe when your team's in the World Series? It blows my mind, like. I understand you're hurt. I understand you're not on the roster. I get it. But 
you have to be there to support your team. You would never see David Ortiz if he didn't make a World Series roster if he was hurt. And he would never be in some lavish Dominican vacation. He would not be somewhere that wasn't anywhere with his team. And this kind of goes to show, goes to say a lot about Gonzalez as a player and as a teammate. I would want my teammates there, no matter if they're on the roster or not, no matter how... I mean, if he was seriously hurt and he was like receiving treatment in Europe, that's one thing, but he's obviously not. And I hate that he's tweeting and he's like, my team, my team. No, screw you. You left your team. You left your team to go on some early vacation, which good for you. You can do that. You had you, you took your out. But you should be with your team. This is a huge opportunity. This isn't, it's not something that happens every single year for, especially for the Dodgers. This hasn't happened in years for the Dodgers. And he's just going to sit back and sit this one out. Like, get over whatever, like, just get over it. I just, I don't understand not being with your team. I could never imagine being part of a team and not being there to support them in any way that I can. Like, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I support them from Europe. But no, screw you, Adrian Gonzalez. You should be here, but instead, you're you just, it's complete selfish selfishness. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of been a trend with this guy, right? It's like he gets hurt with the team. And then, like, they play better without him. It's like, he's clearly a clubhouse cancer. They couldn't wait to get rid of him here. And they seem to do better without him. He always puts up great numbers. He always has. He's got really good career numbers. And he's he's been a really good player. But this pretty much tells you all I need to know about him. The fact that he's okay with leaving the team, even though he's hurt, and just not being with the team. Like, this is the first time you've been in the World Series, dude. And all these years, you're 35 years old. This doesn't happen every day. And you finally get there, and you're not even going to be there. That blows my mind. I can't believe that he can live with this. And Jess, you, you kind of hinted at my idea here too, and my point is, you know, the, the Dodgers told him it was okay. Do you think they were okay? they knew he was going to take it and say, okay, well, we don't want you around or the team? They don't want him there. They're clearly, they right. don't want him in the <laughs> clubhouse. Like, they, they knew he would take the out. They said, you know what, you're hurt. It's okay. Like, you're part of the team. You can go if you want. It's not a big deal. Knowing he would take it. Yes. I don't think they wanted him there at all. I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Jess, you said it perfectly. Like it's it's a trend with him. So I think in the back of their minds, they they didn't want him there. So they were just like, oh, you know, you don't have to be here if you don't want to. And he's like, bye. Like the first second he got, which I mean, whatever. If it's gonna make you know teams teams gonna play better without him, whatever. I think he should still be there. Absolutely. But the guy's a bum. The fact that he was here for such a short period of time, it was as good as he was, and how quickly they wanted to get rid of him. I mean, that pretty much tells you what you need to know about him, right? Oh yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous, and you look at you know what the options are. We talk, You mentioned like David Ortiz, Lauren. Hanley wouldn't even be caught dead doing this. I know for a fact, yeah, Hanley might be lazy sometimes and not try all the time, but if he was hurt and couldn't play and the Red Sox were in the World Series or even in the playoffs, he'd be right there on the railing cheering his team on because he's got some energy. Like As much as Hanley is lazy, he cares, and that's one of the bigger issues he's had in his whole career is him being selfish, and he still wouldn't be gone. So for Adrian Gonzalez to be doing this, now would it be different if it wasn't L.A., if you were in Boston? I don't know, but overall, it's just it's just being selfish is what it is. Yeah, it totally is. It's, it You wouldn't... I, 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 mean, I don't know this for a fact, but 99.5% of the players in the league wouldn't do this, right? I no, mean, most, most players want to be there for their team, whether they're playing or not. Like, to be in the World Series and to, to leave. It's not like it's a regular season game or like a week of the regular season. Like, this is the World Series. There's two teams left and your team's one of them. Like, no, I, nobody would do that. It's so weird. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely weird. Like, it makes you think, like, what's going on internally with them. But 
I think this just kind of says it all. But I mean, I don't see any other. I mean, if you see Puig, I can I can kind of see doing that. But even him, I, I couldn't. Can't. I couldn't even see him doing it now because he's I, clearly got a wake up call when he almost got like cut by the team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that it was a good wake up call that he needed. But I can totally still see him pulling this Adrian Gonzalez move. But you know, going through like big name players on teams right now, off the top of my head, I can't sit here and be like, this guy absolutely would not be with his team. Like, I I just can't. Which is a good thing, but I just can't. I can't fathom somebody wanting to not not wanting to be with their team. They're on the biggest stage of of the baseball season. You're here. You've made it. And you're in Europe. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. And when you look at it in a case in point, you have you have a guy, you have your guy, Clayton Kershaw, going game one against Dallas Keuchel. This is going to be a phenomenal game. And it ended up being a really good game. It was 3-1. It was everything we kind of expected. And it's going to be a fun series the whole way through. But to, to, to not want to be a part of that, to me, shows you, you care about yourself. No matter how much you claim you're a team guy, you only care about yourself. And that's it. And, and that that's a problem for them. Um, but let's talk about game one real quick because we have the opportunity to. Uh, we recorded a little late this week, so we got game one under our belt. Um, Clayton Kershaw was up against Dallas Keuchel. We expected this game to be good, and it was. Um, Clayton Kershaw, seven innings pitched, only one earned run, um, and 11 strikeouts. Everything advertised, first World Series, obviously. And this is the kind of guy that you want to see in the World Series, healthy, ready to go. And pitching at home in the heat against Dallas Keuchel, he said it after the game, because Keiko was throwing so well, he was getting into a rhythm being able to get up and down so fast. Um, and he showed it, and he's the reason why they won this game. Houston really could never get into stride. Yeah, it was a, it was definitely a fun game to watch. And pitcher's duel, you know, really through, the, through those seven innings, and Kershaw was just amazing. And I, I really root for Kershaw. I love Kershaw. And I love Dallas Keuchel, too. But, you know, just to see Kershaw succeed and really just go out there and give a really solid game one performance, which is exactly what the Dodgers needed. Uh, he's, you know, he's their ace. He's been back and like he's been hurt. He's been this. He's been that. So to see him come out and really just be absolutely dominant was was really nice. I'm pulling for the Astros to win the series at the end of the day. But I really I mean, it was it was hot too. AJ Hinge said at the beginning of the game during pregame that he was like, "They're keep your thoughts in the game." He's like, first of all, it's really hot out," and I was like, "Uh oh!" I was like, "Is the heat really going to get into these guys' heads? Like they're from they play in Houston. I know but that they play, they play inside. I know they play indoors, but it's still humid in there." Yeah, and Dallas Keuchel. To- okay, Dallas Keuchel was warming up in the dead of the sun. Like sun was in his eyes. They showed video in 103. It must have felt like 120 of that dude warming up for his first World Series start beating son of LA and then you could see it the sweat was just pouring it made his shirt dark gray before he even started through a ball yeah, L- and, then, and LA then, LA sun is really really hot I was there in December and it, I was like sweating so I yeah. can't even imagine what it's like you know two months prior all summer how about July <laughs> yeah screw like, that no like, way that's ridiculous and then you have Chris Taylor comes up first pitch of the World Series hits a ding dong oh Dodgers are up one nothing great there's the and then, you know and like that kind of set the tone so Mm-hmm. This is what I expect, right? This this, ha- this game, this series has to go six, seven games. Like, I know obviously Kershaw is great in game one, but then you have Verlander going in game two versus Rich Hill. I give the edge to the Astros there, um, and and you kind of relay this all the way through. This game has to go six. Or, this series has to go six or seven games. I'm thinking it's going seven. I I I'm saying Astros in seven. I think this is going to be a fight to the end. And these two teams obviously want it. It's going to be a great series, and it obviously prove that today. So. I'm super excited to see if this was game one. I am super excited to see the rest of how the series plays out. 
Can you believe this is the first time since 1970 that both teams have had over 100 wins? That's it's crazy. Ridiculous. Well, because, you know, baseball, awesome. random crap happens. But these are two of the best teams to have played all year. And everyone knew Dodgers yeah. Dodgers were it. Like, Dodgers were the team all year to come in and do the and be the World Series. And now the Astros are basically, you know, I think Astros are, it's basically LA against the world at this point. I don't think a lot of people want to see the Dodgers win. Um, and I think what with what happened with Houston and the hurricane, I think it's fitting that they're here. Um, it seems like tragedy always does that, for, and, and you, you don't it want does. you'd rather it not happen. Uh, but like 2013 with the bombings, you know the Red Sox won the World Series that year. They had no business doing that, and Houston came out of nowhere and and they did that this year after being a really good team all year. They used that to get over the hump in motivation, and, and you hate to say it, but that's kind of, it pulls people together. Um, so. I expect this to go six or seven games. I think the Dodgers do win the series, but um, I, I think it's going to be a phenomenal series. Before we get out of here for the week, I, I did want to touch on one other thing too, um, just because it was weird. Um, Dusty Baker was fired, like by the Nationals this week. Um, no longer the manager, and he's had a good team as well. And is this just a case of needing a new voice? Because um, just like John Farrell, you know, had good teams, couldn't do much with it. I think this is such a stupid move. And when I when I got this alert, I was just like, this is absolutely ridiculous. And I know Alex Cora was linked to to them as well, but I mean the new this new manager who comes in, like who's going to want this job? There's no job security. Dusty Baker did a phenomenal job. I thought he was a great manager. So I don't know if this is just like a respect issue. If this is, you know, it's kind of like the Washington Capitals in the NHL. They just can't get out of that first second round in the playoffs. I get it. It's frustrating, but Dusty Baker was a good manager. There's no reason to let him go, in my opinion. And it just I don't. I don't get it because he's got 90 plus wins in, in his seasons here. And it's just like, why? Like nobody's going to want to come in and be like, I want to coach the nationals because I'm definitely going to be here for the next five, six years. You might not even make it out of your second year here. Is it the process of starting to think long-term and in my eyes, you never know, but like, you know, he's getting older and if they really believe that they're not going to keep Bryce Harper and they might not be able to keep this band together. Is it them saying, okay, this might be a good time to find our long-term guy and then go from there with the roster. No, absolutely not. It, it, Dusty Baker was your long-term guy and you just canned him. Like, I don't care if you, you know, Bryce Harper, I get it. He's probably not going to be with the nationals after, after next year. Okay. But if you're Dusty Baker, you, you still, you take your roster of who you have and you rebuild because that's the kind of manager he is. And it's, it's just a weird move. And it makes you think like, it, it just makes you think like what's going on internally there. Yeah, it's strange. I mean, it's not even like a John Farrell situation where you finished them last twice. You know, like he was just there. Baker was just there for two years, and they won two divisions. And they, or actually, I guess they just won one. But they had over ninety wins both times. So they're in the playoffs both times, and you know they lost both times. But two years isn't very much to to can someone over that. I mean, the guy's sixty-eight years old. He's managed several different teams. And he knows how to manage. I think it was a quick hook. I think they might be looking for the future but it, even at that it still seems too quick like at least give him one more year and see if he can do something one more year yeah i think it, i think it is a quick hook um especially where you know at this point if you really do think you're losing bryce harper and you might pull the plug on this team if they can't do it at least do it till he's a free agent right if you really can't get anything for bryce harper and you're gonna let him if he's gonna test for agency and maybe go to new york which would screw over everyone in the al east if bryce harper goes to the yankees but look you got to give that team a shot because they're really good for a reason and they weren't that far from moving on. So I think it was a quick hook. I think they kind of got anxious about what was going on and how they lost and they're seeing the Red Sox fire John Farrell and they're seeing the managers turn around. Now, I don't know what would have made them think they had a shot at Alex Cora, 
because it was pretty obvious that if Alex Cora was going to get a manager job that he wanted badly and if the Red Sox wanted him, it was going to be a best fit, and that's kind of what happened. So, and everyone out there, I wouldn't have wanted Rotten Gardenhire for that job, but, you know, there's other guys out there, but... And even then, the Gardenhire side the, in, in Minnesota was even a weird one. No, not Minnesota. He went to... Um, Detroit. Detroit, excuse me. And that that's what I meant. That's a weird one. Um, but, you know, there's not a lot of manager options out there that were good, so... What's better than Dusty Baker? I don't know. I I don't know. I'm stumped. I am bamboozled. I am just baffled by this by this firing. And yeah, then you go out and get like Brad Osmus or something. Like. Seriously, that's, that's I mean, what's left, and it's like he's really, really the him? only one left. I I don't. I mean, John Farrell's going to go coach the Nationals. Just watch. He's going to tank and that then, team. And, then, and then, no, you know, it's funny. It'll be funny. No, it'll, then he'll uh, win the World Series. He'll will be the guy that gets through that team somehow. And they'll go win a World Series. Because, look, whoever gets that job's inheriting a killer roster. Like, it's yeah. not like they're going to a bad team. Whether it be no, Osmus, whether it be Farrell, if he wants to manage again. Like, whoever gets that gig is getting a team that's going to go places if they can figure it out. So, m- maybe Osmus might be the right guy. I don't know if Farrell is the right guy. But then again, who knows what he'll do if he even manages next year. But, um I guess we'll leave it at a bamboozled Lauren for the week. Uh, don't forget <laughs> to follow us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore beat. Facebook, Red Sox beat podcast. The network is at CLNS Media. Same thing on Facebook. Don't forget to check out Harry Razors. Uh, Harry's Razors at harrys.com backslash Red Sox. Get a free trial of Harry's Razors. And uh, Red Sox beat on FanDuel, of course, and the FanDuel.com backslash Red Sox beat to uh, play against us. Week 8 coming up, right? That we're at with the NFL now. It all blends together when the Patriots are winning. Week Finally. Um, so... We'll be back next week. Talk about the World Series. Enjoyed it because we're almost out of time with the baseball season, and then we'll be in the uh, we'll be without baseball for a little bit. So enjoy the World Series, all you baseball nuts out there. And we'll be back next week uh, for Jess Thomas, Lauren Campbell, and myself, Garrett Scally. Red Sox beat here on CLNS Media. I'll talk to you next week.